think the passion that, that we have is to be able to help people return as quickly and safely as possible. And in the case of chronic pain, educate them and give them the tools and empower them to get better and give them hope. Welcome to the PT Rebels podcast. This is the place to learn how you can become a PT Rebel and take charge of your own health and wellness. We will help you find answers to your questions about pain, injury, and the path towards healing in the most efficient and effective way possible. I'm your host, Dr. Gina Fick. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I have my good friend, Brad Conder from Focus Physical Therapy in Louisville, Kentucky. And we're so excited to have you on, Brad, and to dive into your practice and learn more about you and, and what your kind of niche is there yeah. in Louisville. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. I've been in practice for seven years. When I started the practice, I did want to do kind of chronic difficult cases. So I'm heavy manual therapy. I've had multiple certifications. I love doing dry, I do a ton of dry needling. Been doing that for 15 years from the first in the state to do it. Just a heavy focus on on that type of treatment because of the tension. And like I said, I, I do a lot of chronic pain. So that includes people I've had pain for multiple years, nerve related cases, difficult cases that are hard to kind of figure out from like a generic point of view. And so that's what I wanted to start my business with. I do a lot of employer based physical therapy as well. People that need to do injury prevention, work comp, trauma cases, those type of things. So that is fantastic. Tell us what drew you to want to treat that niche or market of the chronic pain type each. Yeah, well, partly is because that's what I was good at. And so, you know, everyone has back pain, but I discovered that there's different types of back pain, right? So you've got acute back pain, you've got non-complicated back pain, you've got complicated back pain. And for me, it's more about, I was really, really good at helping people through the complicated back pains. So a lot of times patients don't understand what the difference is. And the difference is, is like, you know, neural, neural component. So if you have back pain, but also have leg pain or what they call sciatica. So I just happened to be really good at that when I was in school and kind of learning my manual techniques. And so when I opened my business, since I was good at it, I thought that'd be the best way to kind of serve the population because I knew that to find a therapist that was really, really good at doing that. And also just the, the whole life cycle of the plan of care. So, you know, I find that one of the reasons why people that have a complicated low back pain, for example, or a nerve related case is that they kind of get some relief, but they never really kind of fully return to what they want to do. And that's because it takes a lot of time and intention to do that. You can't just come in for a non-complicated case, see somebody for five minutes, not get an actual full plan of care. So as you know, in physical therapy, to get a, the best outcome, you have to have great assessment every single time, great manual therapy, and also great exercise progression. If you don't have those three components, which is not really given to people in like generic physical therapy or corporate PT because we're dominating corporate PT, which I used to run clinics for those places and they're fine, but you got to have a lot of time and attention to do that. And also just to be able to educate the patient of why the, the life cycle of that plan of care is so long because people don't understand like, well, I want to be better in two weeks. That's not really how it works. You know, there's an inverse relationship between how long it takes to get better between how long you've had it. And for me, if I've seen somebody that's had sciatica for five years, it's going to take three, four, six months to get better. And it's a process and describing that process individually, it takes a lot of time sure. and patients typically in my area just never have gotten any time from anybody to, to learn their individual situation, to learn how to actually get to what they want. And so that's why I really enjoy it. That's why I picked that because yeah. I enjoy it. I think I'm really good at it and I have a lot of empathy to kind of help them through that because I've actually experienced it myself. I've had my own kind of disc problems and nerve problems and 
I think that really helped me kind of go that way too. I think that you know, oftentimes as PTs, if we've experienced a lot, we've seen, we kind of know the empathy part of it, which is the gloom and doom of how that feels. So I was working two jobs. When I was working at corporate, I worked two jobs. A lot of people, a lot of PTs moonlight, right? So I was working in a hospital and I kind of reached out and grew up, a patient went to the ground. And I lifted him up because I was freaking out, right? So I lifted him up and it kind of just blew out my disc, right? Mm-hmm. Back pain, sorry, I'm pain down to my left side of my leg, numbness, tingling. And I was, at the time, I was running a clinic for a corporate PT place in a rural, kind of a rural area of Kentucky, like probably about an hour outside of Lexington, Kentucky. And every day I walked into the clinic, bent over, pain down my leg and just massive pain, but I was by myself too. So I couldn't really go anywhere. So I, I would do my exercise with my patients. And I remember that day, I had a day one time I sit in my office and I started crying because I was hurting so bad. And what was weird about that, and as you know, with chronic pain, it really changes how your brain processes pain. That's one of the reason is chronic pain because the brain centers change as far as the output. And I, I knew that as a PT, I wouldn't have to have surgery, but I thought I was going to have to have surgery. I thought at that moment, I thought I was going to have surgery. I was going to lose my job. I was going to lose my house. Mm. All that as a PT when it was not true, right? But that was a moment where I was, I knew that I was like, you know, I'm okay. But then when I got over it, that's what I really dove into as far as like that chronic pain, that patient care, because I just love to kind of help people through that moment. That's probably what I like most about it. Not necessarily fixing the problem, but just helping through the mental aspect of like the gloom and doom that you think your life is over and there's no hope and you're going to have to have surgery and you're going to, and, and you hear all these horror stories. And for me to be able to tell patients my, my story and know that I can get over it and show them that I can move, even though my MRI shows I have a herniated disc and I'm pain-free, sure. to give them hope to actually get to a certain point. That's what I really love about it. Yeah, so. I love being able to share those stories with patients because I think it really just helps build the trust. And they understand that you know how that feels. And you yeah. know at that moment, all the fear that rushed inside of you and how scary that was for you. Yeah. And if you hadn't experienced that, you probably wouldn't be able to relate on the same level and you wouldn't be able to tell your story. And I think that communication um, and just that experience that you had to be able to communicate that story to patients is really key in developing just those long-term relationships with clients. And the trust. Right. It's one thing, you know, to to give patients our knowledge, but if we can put a story behind it, like, hey, I understand how you feel. I went through this. In my own case, you know, when I was a freshman in college playing basketball, I tore my ACL. So when I have an athlete that has a traumatic injury like that, I can say, I know exactly how you feel right now. Yeah. And that emotional piece is, is sometimes just a lot harder to get through than even the physical pain or surgery. Yeah. So I think when patients have an understanding that we get them or we understand and uh, we're very motivated to help them also just based on what we've experienced in the past, we know how that feels. Yeah. I think that it really helps to create a special bond with us and our clients. It can last, you know, a long time. I know your clients are probably the same as ours. What? A lot of times when patients come in to see us, they're patients for life. Well, they're, yeah. They're, and they send their neighbors and their friends and their grandparents or aunts and uncles. And that's the type of referrals that we really like because, you know, we're serving the community. It sounds like you really found a niche in your community that you saw that, saw a need for, and you've been able to do just, you know, a lot of service, good service in your community. So that's really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think chronic pain, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that, but, yeah. you know, chronic pain is, can be difficult to treat. And I think I've seen a lot of clinicians in, the, in, in practice just either shy away from it or be scared to treat patients with chronic pain. Yeah. Or just not really know how to handle those patients appropriately. So can you tell us some of the strategies that you use with 
patients who come into your clinic, maybe for the first time that have been dealing with chronic pain and yeah. maybe they've been to three, four, five, six different providers, haven't had an answer and are not sure what to do. Like, how do you Definitely. start with those patients? Well, the first thing is, is getting them to understand that they are chronic pain. I think sometimes that the word chronic pain, there's a negative connotation with it. There's somebody that's a drug seeker or trying to get surgery. And that's certainly not really the case. I think the, def, the true definition of it, people in general don't know what that means. So what it means is you've had pain for longer than a month. It's ongoing. Even if it kind of comes and goes, there's still technically chronic pain. And the reason that matters is because that's the reason why you also haven't gotten better. Because a lot of those strategies, when they go to your primary care doctor or specialist or even chiropractor or PT, it's not they're not bad. It's just sometimes if, they're, if they got an approach that they can't give you the time and attention you need to actually discover your particular situation, that's not going to help a chronic condition because everybody's condition is individual as far as why it keeps coming back and forth. And so I, a lot of my people don't even know they are chronic pain. They're just like, I just know I've had a problem for a long time and nobody really helps it. And they don't know why. So the first thing I try to do is just educate them like you are getting chronic pain. It just means that you have a problem that no one's fixed and you got to continue to search for the solution that matches what you need. And a lot of times the generic system of the healthcare system is not going to really give you those answers because they're not set up for that to give you time and attention to kind of investigate your particular situation. So the first thing first is I usually do that. I usually get excited when those patients that come in that have tried other things because I know that the approach that we have as far as being able to give one-on-one care and also give them the time of 30 minutes to an hour of individual care every single time. I just know that aspect, no matter what else we do, as far as actual good physical therapy, that aspect is something they're never not going to get anywhere else. And it's actually going to get them over the hump to actually get their goals met to figure out what's going on. Actually get an actual diagnosis. Cause that kind of frustrates me too as PT that people think uh, the MRIs are diagnosis. That's not your diagnosis. Your, your PT diagnosis is yes, you have XX pathology, but you also have this deficit. You have this range of motion issue. You have this strength issue. And no one's ever told them that as well. So I do love that part as far as being able to describe that whole life cycle of what it takes to get better because they haven't heard it anywhere else. They're not going to as well. Even if another practitioner knows that process, they go to a primary care doctor that has no experience in orthopedics and they've got five minutes with you, they're not going to be able to explain it to you. And so they're not going to get that understanding that there is a solution that's natural and long lasting. Yeah. yeah. I think just being able to provide answers to patients who have been in chronic pain and been in that cycle, perhaps if they have seen multiple providers, I think one of the best gifts we can give our patients beyond, you know, communication is just time. Yeah. You know, I think there's very few providers that you can go see now that you can talk to for more than three to five minutes. Yeah. And for someone who has a lot of questions about why they're hurting, what they need to be doing about it, why these treatments have failed, they just don't get the time. They get another prescription thrown at them or you yeah. know, or a script for imaging or, oh, try this person now. And it's kind of this, this really uh, endless cycle where a frustration, honestly, and I think we've both seen that in the, in the clinic and think for us, especially with your model care and the kind of the care model that we have, one of the primary goals is to serve patients better. And I've been a PT now almost 25 years and I saw the system just repeatedly failing clients. Yeah. And I thought I myself could have got burned out just because I wasn't able to get patients to the level or give them a level of care based on the insurance model that we're working in. Yeah. And we're getting better at a higher cancellation rate. We had a no-show rate, you know, we'd, we'd get fussed out by corporate <laughs> about, you yeah. know, but it was a failed system. Yeah. It wasn't, it was the system as a whole. And so 
that system is failing our patients. And so I think the passion that, that we have is to be able to help people return as quickly and safely as possible. And in the case of chronic pain, educate them and give them the tools and empower them to get better and give them hope. Yeah. A lot of them don't have hope. And then, you know, that can be a really life-changing. If you don't have yeah. hope, you start maybe making decisions that aren't healthy or maybe even ruins relationships. There's all types of uh, downward spirals you can go when yeah. you don't have hope. And so I think one of the things that we really try to do is just restore that hope and that trust. Yeah. And uh, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a really, really good feeling for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. And actually, that's why I named my, my business Focus Physical Therapy, because I went through that corporate world as well. I mean, you do have volume and you're not able to spend time with people. I've always kind of told students or other therapists or myself, if I just focus on my patients, that gets me through the hard times. But even when you don't have time with people, it's hard to focus on your patients. But that's one of the reasons why I named it that, because if I'm having a hard time, if I just focus on my patients and their care and what their needs are, I usually feel good about myself and feel good that I can get them to a good spot. So. I named it that so that way I can remind myself I'm going through a hard time. I like focus on my, my patient, focus on them. And that gets me through most of what I'm going yeah, through. All right. So, yeah. And I think, again, that's, that's very relatable, yeah. right? I mean, we all, all of us have stuff that we go through, uh, stuff we have to process through. Life's hard. And so if we can give our patients um, that piece that they need um, and we're serving them, I think uh, the gift of service always in turn helps us as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I really enjoy that piece of just being able to to connect and and, and serve our patients well. And um, that's something that people don't forget, especially in a smaller, tight-knit community. Uh, that's something that probably no one else in your community can bring yeah. to that level. And so kudos to you for that. Thank you. So just speaking about your clinic model, are you cash-based insurance? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? And how does that... Uh, best serve your clients? I'm mostly cash-based. So I started cash-based only. I've kind of morphed a little bit since I do have so much experience doing manufacturing and industrial medicine. I do some work comp. Now, luckily where I'm at as far as I'm on the, on the river. So Louisville's like right Southern Indiana and Kentucky and the work comp laws are not too bad for us to be able to get reimbursed enough to do our job. And also the, there's not a ton of red tape. I was talking to a therapist earlier that, you know, work comp in particular, red tape can vary from state to state. Not just how much you get paid, but also just the visits and getting it approved and get people in the door. So it's a little bit easier. I also do auto cases, which kind of fits into kind of chronic pain model because, you know, traumatic in Kentucky auto cases, they, they pay 100%. So it's easier to do that. It's different from state to state. So yeah, so it's always been a cash-based model since I've started. I do half hour visits or hour visits depending on what the patient's needs are, if we have multiple kind of pathologies that we're working on. So, yeah. yeah, that's, you know, for me, it was a big transition coming from an insurance-based practice to the practice that I have now. And I decided early on, this was in uh, November of 2017, I actually decided a few months prior to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we were in a corporate meeting, it was really interesting, kind of a lunch meeting. And the clinic manager was going around the room asking everyone what their productivity, you know, ratios were. Yeah. And, what they were doing for marketing, the classic, like, you know, corporate meeting. And then, you know, we would get either praised or scolded based on what our productivity <laughs> numbers were. Yeah. And then at the end, this clinic manager said, all right, you know, in order to get the productivity numbers up, I'd like for everyone to have either ice or heat and stem at the end of every treatment. Yeah. And I just didn't set well with me. I thought, you know what? I, that's I remember those meetings. one for me, and yeah. I, I just can't sit through one more of these meetings. <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, we did. We didn't. Do, we did modalities, but our corporate meeting was like 
everyone has to walk on a treadmill for 15 minutes when they get to the clinic. Right. Just for a, for a unit. Right. Or, or be on a, on a bike. Right. You know, just because. Yeah. Just so, because. Yeah. yeah. Just because. Uh, like, yeah. And so I think, you know, you get, get to the point where you're like, you know, I'm either going to find something else to do or I have to find a different way to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be a rule breaker, especially when, yeah. when it does things don't make sense. I thought there's got to be a better way. So I just decided to open up a small practice and went mobile first, mobile outpatient practice and decided I'd be 100% cash. And so many people, you know, that was, what, five, six years ago, but, you know, not that long ago, really. But even back then, cash pay practices weren't as prevalent as they are now. So many people tell me, hey, I'm sorry that you think that's going to (laughs) work. I'm actually really worried for for you that you think that would work. And I thought... All right. Well, you know what? Thankfully, my husband had a good job. And I thought, well, worst case scenario is I can come back to doing this. I, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure I can get a job doing this trip, you know, next week. But, you know, it works out. And I think one of the keys of why it works out is when you have the drive and the passion and the also coupled with just knowledge and skills of being able to serve that niche that you've kind of identified well and just kind of being relentless in the pursuit of that. And but I think the key is just treating people really well. Yeah, I definitely. think you treat people really well, you get results, best, best referrals, word of mouth referrals. And I think yeah. if you can just rely upon, you know, not only referrals, results, but just build that buying and trust and connection, that's a feeling that a lot of people don't get anywhere else. So I that's think true. that's probably why your clinic's successful and why what we aim for in our practice as well. I think there's a lot of negative things you look at with our healthcare system. You know, I hate that we kind of loop health insurance into our system. Right. I, I tell patients all the time, healthcare is the relationship between me and my patient. That's it. Right. That's healthcare. Everything else may have a label of healthcare, but it's not. But some positive things that's come out of the changes is that I think that it's, it's forcing people to make better decisions. Right. To looking at where they're spending their money, especially when we open our practices. That's when Obamacare kind of came into play and the deductibles went sky high for a lot of reasons that we don't want to get into on this because it'd be an hour to talk about why that happened. But people started to make better decisions. So like, okay, I'm spending a lot of money anywhere. Let's make sure right. that we've got a good, good outcomes. We have a good relationship and let's be an educated consumer of healthcare, which is what I promote a lot of. It's like, just, it, I may not be a good fit for you. That's okay. I, I'm, I'm okay with that too. Let's look at your money. This is what it's going to cost. This is where we want to be. This is your goals. Make a good decision. We want to make sure it's right. So you're, if you're a health-minded person, you want to make a good decision and we're a good fit, that's where we're going. So there's some positives come out of it. You know, a lot of times people on the news might say it's, negative as far as our healthcare outcomes, but that's just the news, but there can some be positives right. too. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think as looking back to Obamacare, I think everyone's pretty concerned about how that would affect our practice. Yeah. But I think for the cash pay model, that really helped us. Oh, it helped and, a ton. Yeah. Helped a ton. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird, but people don't, they're not educated why that happened. Right. You know, I mean, it's because, I don't know, we don't want to get it. Uh, it's, in Kentucky was a good example because, okay, if I can get into it for a little bit. Works for me. So, okay, Obamacare, people don't really understand when the only thing that really happened is you took, you know, the bare minimum from Medicaid and moved it from 30 grand to like 50, right? In Kentucky in, in particular, especially in the rural areas, you had about 150,000 people in Kentucky that were on Medicaid. And there's different forms of Medicaid, like care source or well care or whatever. So you took that, the bare minimum of Medicaid and you moved it from there to 50 grand, right? So you put almost, it went from 150 lives in Kentucky on that system to almost 500,000, almost overnight, wow. right? And so, and Humana is actually based in mobile. And so Humana, so to take all these lives, 
into the system. So we didn't have, so we had passport, you had Medicaid, you had well care and care source and care source is a big one in Kentucky. So if Humana is going to take on care source of Medicaid, which is a bad payer, where's the cost going to go? So it's going to go to the other people that are paying their premiums. That's why these insurance companies they had to take on all this load. And so they're going to make money. And so the way they made money was to jack up uh, premiums and also increase deductibles. So, and then also decrease reimbursements. So that's what, basically what Obamacare did. So in in a nutshell, especially in Kentucky, I mean, I was at a clinic that we were about, it was corporate. We all bought out by another corporate place. And then we didn't take Medicaid at the time, but that county we were in, they had about 15% Medicaid. They went from 15% to 60%. Holy cow. In one month, basically, right? And so they about went out of business because that happened. Most Medicaid recipients or providers that provided it, they weren't getting paid for almost a year. And so that's, oh that's where how all that went down, especially yeah. in, in Kentucky. So to your point, because that happened and it all happened overnight, people didn't know what to do about their deductibles. So if I got people in and I started to have that conversation with them as far as like your mm-hmm. deductibles, this because of that, and this is where how much you're going to spend. So I knew all the numbers of how much they would spend on deductibles. It's much easier decision for them. Right. Now, it doesn't always work still, but at least they were educated on the finances of why it happened and well, how they can choose the best option for them for their particular right. case, especially for chronic pain. And even with insurance, you might be limited on your visits. So my chronic pain people, you might come for 10 or 15 visits, but we do maintenance as well right. to where, okay, now we're to a certain point, but let's keep you there and keep you happy and keep you active. So Yeah, I think that's yeah. really important for people to understand Then they have a better understanding of the trajectory of how this all has happened and yeah. evolved is a constantly changing and evolving process today. Yeah. So I think the key in all of that is for, you know, educating our patients of how they can be better consumers in their healthcare. Yeah. Like you had choices. I mean, a lot of patients didn't understand that you, you don't have to go where your doctor says, you don't have to go down the street to this no. clinic. You have a choice. Yeah. And we're one of those choices. And here's why we think we're a good choice. <laughs> Best for choice. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with me today. Yeah, it's really great to have you on the podcast. And uh, we look forward to more talks with you. And um, best of luck in your clinic. 